Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Game Day 8 Premier League review of Two Up Top. I'm Gav Mack, that's Ed Hall, and that's Stephen Cotton. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Uh, now, I don't know where everyone else was, but if you weren't watching the watch along with Ed and Cotton early on today, then where the hell were you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you missed out. Absolutely missed brilliant. Out. A bit of, bit of a, 500 bit of a concurrent viewers we had. 500 concurrent viewers. We gained 300 followers. And we had something like 350 reactions. It was it was a, a successful stream. And we, we uh, had people from we had, it's about we Jamaica, had people from Nicaragua, Jamaica. Yeah, it was yeah, it was it was great. It was great fun. Good fun. Great fun. So a topic down worldwide. Background. I thought we had like a football background. Uh, it, it was City on there, wasn't it? There it is. Now, um, if you don't know already, that's crazy. But if you put to the top into Google, our name comes up first, which is fantastic. And you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's going on the bottom of the screen right now. www.youtube.com forward slash to top football. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram. Uh, you name it, at to up top football. Um, VAR is our friend again, which is fantastic. And... Um, you know, it's, it's coming to play on a few bits of balls, but one game where it didn't have any need to come in um, whatsoever, I'm lying, um, it did come in, and it was after just 40 seconds, wasn't it? Or whatever it was. Uh, and that's the Arsenal game. Um, Arsenal nil, Aston Villa 3. Um, now, I, I think everybody took the mickey out of Liverpool when, when Villa put seven past them, but I have a feeling that this is slightly more embarrassing. Um, what do you think? Um, well, as it was Liverpool who, who got pumped by them before. Uh, let's come to you first, Ed. This is how it feels. Um, I'll tell you what, I think the difference is when Villa did it to Liverpool, no one was respecting the start they already had. I think people was just waiting for it to all fall apart. And yeah, they've hit a bit of bad form, but they're, they're, they've been a, a good unit this year. So when I see Aston Villa were playing Arsenal, I, I didn't think it was a, I didn't think it'd be a free score and easy win for the Gunners. I really didn't. I don't know what you thought, Cotton. I thought this would be a difficult game. I didn't expect a 3-0 whitewash, but I thought it'd be a difficult I, game. I expected from this game like an Arsenal 1 or 2-0, two 2-1 nil, two sort of sort of situation. Certainly didn't see... I didn't see Villa willing it and I didn't see him running out 3-0 winners. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. Gav, you watched the game. You're an yeah. Arsenal fan. What do you think? I watched, I watched the game yeah. as well. I was... Uh, yeah, Arsenal Arsenal really disappoint me. Um, I, don't, I don't think I'm the only person. I think there's even non-Arsenal fans that uh, that get a little bit disappointed by Arsenal. We all know what Arsenal used to be about. And then, you know, it's a bit like Man United as well. We know what they used to be about, but they're not finding it anymore. Passing it sideways and backwards, passing the ball to feet, not into runs and things like that. You know, going into games with the mentality that you're already winning four or five nil before you actually start the game, it's not good enough. And I, I, I do question the management at Arsenal with that. Now I know that a lot of Arsenal fans would have been excited about the prospect of of Arteta being in control. However, I do feel that it might just be a step too far. You know, look, let's have a look at um, who who is um, Ancelotti's um, assistant manager, Paul Clement. It's Paul Clement, wasn't it? When he was at when he was at PSG, uh, Bayern Munich, uh, yeah, 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 Chelsea, yeah. yeah. What an assistant manager! Going to the the big job was isn't quite there. Isn't quite good enough. And I feel that Arteta might be the same. I think today, man, like 
it's the story. Well, the story is the question that gets aimed at Arteta a lot. But I think the I think the line, the initial lineup was wrong. I think playing a Bamiyang out wide. Okay, you've got like it's you shoehorning them in because you want to play Lacazette as well. But playing a Bamiyang out wide is such a waste. Lacazette is absolutely washed at top level. But he got the I think he got the, the team selection wrong. I think he got the formation wrong. I think he took way too long to make any changes to adapt to to the game or to be in one nil down or two nil down. And it's it's one of those things where at the minute it seems to be whenever a team loses that everything is focused on the manager. And I guess this is where we're at today. I think we need to have a little dissection of Arteta. What do Arsenal before, fans think of Arteta out of interest? Because I know it's been very up and down. One minute he's the greatest, one minute he's not. It depends who you ask, I'm sure. But I mean, that leaves you in the Premier League table 11th. Yeah, uh, I think well, it is a 50-50 split. There's people that have that are staunch, you know, we need Arteta, we're going to do this. There's staunch that, oh, we need Arteta out, this, that and the other. And there's the others that are not on the fence as such, excuse me, but have a level of expectation more. And me personally, that's where I am. I'm, I'm one of those, I, I'm sitting on the fence. I want him to do well because it's the club that I follow. But do I think he's the right person? I said it before this show even began. Um, even to you, Cotton, when you used to have the the penny, when me and you used to have beers and stuff. How many times do I say um, Allegri or Ancelotti? Yeah. Say it every single time. So when when Emery took over, it was like, whoa, what's this about? That's quite embarrassing. Step back. And it's going to take a long time for Arsenal to change around. But let's talk about Aston Villa because Aston Villa, you know, they, they scored seven past... Um, uh, past past Liverpool, they were top of the league at one point. They just put three in against Arsenal. For <laughs> not not they're, they're not they're not the real deal. We're not gonna we're not gonna give it one of those ones. No, but no, I'm saying they put four, should... I'm saying they put they put four past Arsenal today. Listen, I'm just saying they boast one of the best goal differences in the league already. Scored eighteen, conceded nine. This is I the Villa like side which barely survived last year. And uh, what was that? How many have they scored in the league? 18? 18. And, go and on, Jack, Grealish has been, Jack Grealish has been involved in 10 of those. Jack Grealish, I think, is sitting third. Yeah, he's sitting second in the assist tally. Guess who's sitting third? John McGinn. Wow. Nine assists between them. Two Aston Villas wow. in the top three assisters. I mean, no one's saying they're the real deal, but they're telling you this. They are a hard team to beat. Do yeah, we definitely. do we do we do we talk about John Terry in that respect? Do you reckon he has real involvement in regards to the defensive side of things of how things have changed in particular from the beginning of this season in comparison to last? Be a role model, sure, but you know he has been there since they was in the championship. I don't think it all would have come on in terms of the summer. They've just got the right players who have come in and also the right players who have been a, a part of this project for a couple of years now. I don't think you can give all the credit to John Terry. I think it's it's, it's, it's a group effort. They all seem together and Jack Grealish name, I think was a big, a big part of that mentality. Yeah. Um, Cotton, I want to, I want to ask you this question because if you look at the, the, the back four in, uh, for Aston Villa, you know, two of those are English lads. One gets picked a lot. One hasn't been, been capped yet. Do you think that, um, that Mings should start for England, and do you think Concer should get a call up? Who does Mings start over? Uh, we've had this conversation before. Like, I think it's he's a very good player. Does he get in over Cody? 
Does he get in over Maguire? I know everyone everyone wants to take shots at Maguire because Man United aren't doing great. He had a great game at the weekend. But Mings doesn't get in over Maguire. He doesn't get in over Cody. Does Mings get in over Joe Gomez? I, he plays very, very well for his club. Don't get me wrong. If there were some friendlies coming up, give him a game. Why not? As for starting in, in important games, I don't think he's there just yet. I think the, I think he's got way too much competition for places at the minute. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Um, let's talk about the game that you did the watch along for. Um, big, big game every year. Not just the fact that it's the two best teams in the country on paper, um, but the fact that it's two of the best managers in world football right now. And that was Manchester City versus Liverpool. That game finished 1-1. It was it was a very exciting start. You know, two goals in the first half as well. Um, and also a missed penalty from Kevin De Bruyne. Second half was a bit of a damp squib though. But um, what was the, what was the reaction like from, from, from everybody that was watching? And how did you feel about it, Cod? I, th- I thought the first half was, like, like we said uh, at the start of the watch-along, we said we wanted a really intense game, a fast opening, a good start. We didn't want a, a ball draw. And after t- after 20, 25 minutes, we looked like we were in for an absolute thriller. Uh, it was all it was all good until the half-time whistle went, basically. Mm, and then it just... I mean, we put it out to everyone what kind of scores they were predicting. We saw uh, a, so many free twos, free ones, and it was probably a 50-50 split in which way it was going to go. So the hype was real. The game itself, as Cotton alludes to, it was a much better first half. You just felt that both sides towards the second half, especially with how chaotic it got at the back end of the first, it sounds stupid, but neither neither side wanted to lose that game. They were more Mm. than happy to draw it. The only problem is I thought City would perhaps push out more because a draw... this stage of the season. It's a much better result for Liverpool than it is for City. Liverpool mm. sit joint second and their next game is against Leicester City who are in first. Manchester City are down on 12 points in, let me just have a look, they are in 10th position. Level on points of Arsenal, two points above Man United. And Man United have been scrutinised it's funny, yeah, because no one's actually talking about a poor start for City, but everyone is hammering Man United for having a poor start. So, um, what, 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 what do you think of that? Do you think that City are getting away with it at the moment? Cotton. Uh, well, I literally had this conversation. I thought you just froze. I thought you froze. No, in. no I was literally like, yeah. I, was, I, was, I was saying during, I was saying during the watch along. It's funny that they're 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 a point above us in the league or whatever whatever it is at the minute now. And they've spent X amount of money and they've brought these defenders and they've brought these players and Pep's lost these games or drawing these games, X, Y, Z. Why is he not getting absolutely hammered week in, week out? Why aren't City getting hammered week in, week out? It's I'm not going to sit here and just bore on about an agenda or whatever, but it, it's so frustrating to, to sit back and watch. Like literally not one, not one person in the post-match said anything about Pep or City. And to be fair, during, during the watch-along, we even said, after 60, 70 minutes, City looked so content to just pass the ball around their back four and not and not push. They just wanted to draw. Could you imagine if that was us with, with 20, 30 minutes to go? Lack of ambition. There's no desire. Blah, blah, blah. Like, but they do it and it's a professional controlled draw. Like, bit like... It, when, it's true, when, though. When you, it's, not, yeah, it's, it's not even lying. It's not even lying. When, you think listen, a lot of United fans get a lot of flack for saying that is some form of right. agenda. But, you know, I'll, I'll put that thing on Twitter yesterday um, because it was, it was, um, 
who was it? Uh, Solskjaer. He had that chat after the game. We'll come to that game. In, in fact, we'll talk about this game and I'll come to your point in a moment, actually. Um, but um, yeah, there was two penalties in this game. You know, the first one, um, Carl Walker with the challenge and the second one, handball by Joe Gomez. Uh, how penalty. did you... Right, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. No, because, because like, listen, the first, the first, the first one, the moment one, it went in, penalty. that's when it went in, I was like, well, that's a penalty, he's an idiot. Mane's coming at pace, he's hit the player, not the ball, penalty. If you're arguing with that, you need to find another sport. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, okay, the second one, listen, we say this all the time, it's like, when I see it, when I saw it, I said to Cotton, that's a penalty. There was no rose-tinted glasses. I accepted the fact it was a penalty. I'm disappointed because I know Joe Gomez hasn't tried catching the ball. I know there was no MJ vibes there. He just it just hit the ball was struck. It hit him in the hand. Accidental. It doesn't matter. This is this is the rules. We've got to be consistent with it. I would have been more frustrated if they didn't give it because mm. I need consistency in this game. Whether it will be with- changed is another conversation. With the ref going over to the monitor, I think one of the issues is as well, um, when when you see that in, in full speed, you think, oh, he can't really get his hands out. When you see the still images in the replay and the guy's got his arm out here and it's hit him here as the ball's travelling into the box, what more can you do? It's, it's, it's there on the screen. It's a handball. What what can you say? What can you do? I, I mean... It's, I think the bigger problem is, what's this... Mo- has The problem is, every time the ref goes to the monitor... He changes the decision. There's not been one time where he's stuck with the decision. Mm. I'm not saying he got the decision wrong today because he didn't. But surely surely the decision's already been made by him walking over to that monitor. There's no way yeah. he goes over and goes, no, you're wrong. Why have you made me come over here? It's, yeah. it doesn't, you naturally just second guess your original decision, don't you? As I'm a human being, looking- you would. I'm actually really looking forward to the moment when that, that actually does happen, where the referee goes yeah. over and goes, no, I actually backed my decision. I don't think it was. Yeah. Yeah, but, Gav, I, I, was talking, I was talking about this, I think it was half-time when we were having this conversation, or was it, it might have even been this morning in the other, oh no, it might have even been in the Leicester game Leicester or something. Game. Yeah, and I was like, at, at this point, surely the whole point of the ref going over to look at the monitor is, because it was it was the Leicester game, wasn't it, where you said that one of the officials in the in the VAR room was shaking his yeah, head and saying no, it's not, Neil, it's Neil not a penalty. Big. Yeah, didn't didn't appreciate what what yeah. was given there by Stuart Atwell. But bit, the like, apparently, apparently so. Just it was just the way they were remonstrating to each other. Yeah, it did, it, well, well, it, it, it didn't okay. look right, and they put it on they put it on Sky cameras as well. So it's, <laughs> it's still subjective, right? So send that down to Refi to look at the monitor, but then it's the ref's decision. Still, he shouldn't be thinking, oh well. Well, they've sent me over here to look at it for a reason. It must be. It's that's not the case. You you're still the referee. You're still in charge of this game. It's still your decision. Go have a look at the monitor. And even even if you see that his arms outstretched and it's touched him, but you common sense comes into play and you're like, well, he can't get his hand out of the way. It's not on purpose. Blah blah. blah. He should still be the one making a decision. Not not going over there automatically assuming. Oh well, they've called me over, so it's it's got to be a penalty. I agree. We're going to go into that game in a couple of moments, but I just do want. I just want to touch on one moment of brilliance first of all by Gabriel Jesus, who was lambasted at the beginning um, before the game started. Um, but uh, <laughs> you're right there, bruv. Uh, but no, seriously, the way I thought, I thought it was a lucky deflection the way he got that, but it wasn't, was it? It, it was pure skill. Vibes of Dennis Burkamp about that. Vibes of Dennis Bergkamp, mate. It was vibes of Federico Makeda versus Aston Villa. Little touch, turn, and bottom corner. What are you talking about? Let it go, Cotton. Let it go. 
Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> but can I just say, can I, can I just say, I say other than that because he scored a good goal. Did you see him for the rest of the game? Um, who? Wait. Exactly. Um, yeah, he, um, it was definitely Ascension Day. But um, we're talking about the handball situation, so we we have to talk about this game uh, beforehand, and, and and that is that is Leicester one Wolves nil. Now this game is the is is the tale of two penalties. The first, the only goal of the game came from Jamie Vardy. It puts Leicester at the top of the table going into the international break. But the. the the penalty that was given was for handball as well. Now, Ed, do you think that this should have been given as a penalty? Yes, again, for the exact same reasons. I mean, if I was the referee, if, if I, do, I don't judge that to be a cynical foul. I'll, the only thing I take away from all these decisions is the fact that a yellow card wasn't given for these handballs. But you, you've got to give it. Until they change the rules, you've got to give these handballs. What do you think? Me personally, or or Cotton? You personally. Uh, me, yeah, I, I, I feel that this wasn't a penalty. I just feel right. that he hit, it was hit with some pace from, from Dennis Pratt. Was the Kevin De Bruyne one not? Yeah, but there was a little bit of distance. There was more distance in between. And I, I would try and look at that with with both. The thing is, the, the, the De Bruyne one, I would give a penalty. But I wouldn't feel very happy about giving the penalty. And this one, Whereas, you, and this one, you would. One, this one, I wouldn't give a penalty. But then you're lacking consistency because regardless no, of how fast the ball is, the ball struck his hand. It's important. It's important the the pace of it because you could put that into any 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 situation, in particular with the. But then you with, open a can of worms. Um, Mm, it's still, grey it's still, area. It's still, we're trying to eliminate the grey area. You can't start yeah. going. Well, let's have a look at the pace of the ball because then we're going to get new technology and it judges the pace of the ball. No, because you get that. You get this with tackles as well, don't you? You know, like when you see tackles flying in, it's like, well, if the ball weren't there, you know, or then sometimes they win the ball, they go through the man, and it's like, well, you know, you went up and did this and did that. It's like you got to look at the pace of it, and these are the things that you get taught when you're doing the course as well. It's like you got to, you got to take into consideration that. The, the pace of the game, the pace of the challenge, the intensity, the location on the pitch. You, you get told all these different things when you when you when you're trying to work it out. And I just feel that there was no way that Kilman could have done anything about that. And I felt that his arms were in a more natural position than Gomez's was. Okay. Perfect. Fair enough. But the second penalty, Stonewall. Easy, easy. Yeah. Easy. <clears throat> Um, Cotton, would you give a pen on 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 yeah on on this one the um, city one? Neither, yeah, no, we've got to, you got to, man. That's it. That's it. The, the, the rules the rules have been stated this season. If you if you give one of them in game one and that is your precedent, then that's it. The rest have got to fall in line. The rest have got to follow. It, it's hard. Some of them are hard. Some of them are really unfortunate for the player. But listen, these are the rules now, and that's it. Like. We've we've just got to stick with it until they change the rules. And if they don't change the rules, then we just players are literally going to have to learn to defend with their hands right down by their sides. And yeah. that's it. You're just going to have to adapt to it. And like I was yeah. saying to Ed earlier, this isn't the first time a new rule or whatever. Don't forget when the back pass rule came in. Oh yeah, I, I thought you were going to say the pushing to... in the back like that. No, no, remember no. that came in at the first at the first couple of weeks of the season about um, four or five seasons ago, and 
every time there was a corner or a free kick, there was yeah. penalties given, left, right, yeah. and centre. In fact, it was the 16-17 season. Do you know what I remember? Because the first game of the season was Man United versus Leicester. And um, you beat you beat them 4-1. And you scored a couple of penalties, and Damari Gray scored that absolute worldie. Oh yeah, but yeah, there yeah. was loads of pushes in the back. I think you got, I think you got given two penalties, or you definitely got given a penalty for a push in the back. It was a really soft one. But then every game for the first five, six weeks of the season, pushing the back penalty, and then they took it away. So, so yeah, like, hold on a minute. What you, what, what do we believe? What are we meant to go for? Are we, are we giving pushes in the back? Are we not? What's going on? Mm. But that's that's what I mean. It'll take it just like the pass back, like. When they brought that rule into effect, and people were still doing it, next season it had stopped. I reckon yeah. if they're just going to carry, if this is the rule now and this is the precedent, this is it, then players will learn to defend with their hands down and, and just try and avoid it as much as they can. You don't have to like the rules. Just because you don't like your rules doesn't mean you can't you can't stick with it. So very fair point. Very fair point. Um. One player in particular that we were talking about in our little WhatsApp group and, you know, he comes on quite a lot for, for Wolves. He was spoken about with some high-profile moves uh, at one point, but it's Adama Traore. What are we saying about Adama Traore? Well, uh, let me go because I, I was the one that sent this into the chat. Um, so basically, I know at the start of the season and at the end of last season, there was so much talk and so much hype about Adama Traore and how unplayable he is. And at one point, there was links to Barcelona and there was a 90 million prize tags. He is an absolute hype job. Absolute hype job. Yeah, he's strong. I literally, he runs in a straight line really fast. Great. I've literally, today, I've literally seen him run the ball off the pitch. You're like Forrest Gump, like straight off. He literally, okay, he gets he gets past players, but the cross is never good. He's not known for his finishing. He's not known for his passing. And if he was that good, Wolves would be playing him. He doesn't come on till 60, 70 minutes. Like yeah. he's literally, he's literally like, um, he's like a player in the NFL, like a special, a special teams coach. He's a running back. A special he's, teams he's player, like, sorry. Yeah, he's literally like a running back. You know, he well, reminds like, me just... of Derek Henry. That's exactly what he reminds me of the Tennessee Titans. Get the ball, just run in straight line. But not exactly. Like, right over my head. No, no, I don't mean like what a player. I mean like they literally wheel him on and wheel him out like a kicker. It's like, right, we need someone fast to run at this guy, get him on. And it's like he gets to the byline, but then what? There's there's nothing. Yeah, I, he's, got no, he's got nothing going on really for I, I, After my Jesus thing, like you watch, 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 watch Traylor yeah. score a hat-trick next week, but I can't Yeah, this is the thing, because Ed, Liverpool were linked with him massively. Yeah, because he was... Okay, here's the thing. Um, Remember when Manchester City lost 2-0 at home to Wolves and it was the Adam Traore show? He's the one, I believe yeah. he scored both goals. If he Maybe he scored one assisted one. He was fantastic. The criticism of Traore then was final product was poor, exactly like Cotton was alluding to. But since that game, he just kept improving. There was multiple games that year where I see him kept, runs past two players and whipped a good ball in the box to Jimenez. Traore was in good form. He was scoring goals, he was assisting, and he possessed There's that pace. But it lasted form. so long. Yeah, it was form. So I think he has it in his locker, but I think he's a confidence player. I, I just... Do you think he's at the wrong club now, club now then? Oh, no, listen, if you can't do it consistently, unfortunately, you're not a top player. It's like what Jose Mourinho said to Dele Alli. It's like that the attitude and consistency and form, you don't care how much ability you've got, that's what separates the best good players from great players. So Troy on the yeah. training pitch could absolutely nail it 
But if he's not performing on the pitch, then he's just got good attributes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, it's now time for this. What's our Everton? Everton one, Manchester United three. Cotton. Well, th- this this game and this result literally is the antithesis of why we do the what are Everton because that they they went from top of the league to now they've lost three on the bounce, three on the bounce and a draw. So in the last four games they've got a point. So this literally shows the the, the highs and lows that they really get. Uh, have the wheels actually fallen off? I mean, it really looks like the defensive like solidarity and like how how good they were at the start of the season. Looks like a million miles away. They they looked sloppy at the back. They looked, they didn't look creative in midfield. Calvert Lewin was kept pretty quiet, which was a shock. Do you think the wheels have fallen off, or do you think this is just a little blip and they'll be back? <laughs> wheels falling off. I think it might be a little bit, a bit of a harsh job. But I think what it was is the fact that they put on too many wheels at the beginning of the season. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, think I think that's what the issue is because they did come out the blocks and look pretty tidy. You know, Spurs are in transition at the moment. They went to went to the the, the new Tottenham Stadium and got a victory. So it was like, oh, hold on a minute, let's have a talk, mm-hmm. about, have a conversation about these. But really and truly, Everton haven't been all that. They've 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 sorted out their midfield three when they are all fit, but they're not all fit. So once they once they get that back, I think they'll look a bit more solid. But there are games where they should be winning. They should be winning against Newcastle. You know, they should be winning against Southampton. I know Southampton were top of the league for thirty six hours or whatever it was, but on paper they should be beating a team like Southampton. And regardless of what Man United are going through at the moment, I don't care. Man United should be beating Everton. So, you know, I don't think this. I, I, I don't think this result really flatters anybody. What do you think of that? Ed? Well, let's be honest. There wasn't a better time to play Manchester United. Mm. The media was on their back. Solskjaer was probably feeling the most pressure he ever has done before. You know, I think I see a thing. It was like the vultures are circling. It was everything was set up for another uh, Manchester United manager being hung out to dry. That they were sat at seven points before this game. They were coming against an Everton side. It just had James Rodriguez come back into the team. Manchester United getting a three-one win away at Goodison, regardless of what happened in their previous result. Ever is a fantastic result, and the manager should be applauded for actually rising to that. Yes, Absolutely Man United are anything better result. than Everton if you look at them on paper, but Everton have a much more clarity, much more harmony. And in my opinion, a better manager and backing of the board. Everything's looks right for Everton. Man United have been in turmoil. So the fact Everton didn't manage to pick up at least a point is a terrible result. And there's only so much critic sorry, so much applause you can give Everton. You know, I think Man United should be credited for this one. Yeah. Um there was a there was a bit of a chat with with Solskjaer after the game and he was talking a lot about the the fixture congestion and injuries and things like that and I, I know we've still got a number of games to focus on today but I really want to I really want to talk about this because I think it's really important. Man United played away to Istanbul Bahçehir. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, um but um but yeah, they played away um, yeah, they lost. That's irrelevant. What is relevant is the fact that they got back on Thursday. And then their first game back is 
Saturday afternoon. Now, the Premier League, for me, is the only league in Europe, not just the top five leagues in Europe, in Europe as a whole, that do not care about their clubs that play in Europe. The only ones that care to, well, the only way they sort of help out a little bit is the teams that play in the proper competition, the Thursday night one, and they make sure that their games are played on the Sunday. But why aren't clubs? Hey, we've all been there, boys. Hey, look. No, um, that's what, true. But, <laughs> but, but why, 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 why don't the Premier League move fixtures and make it important for clubs to make sure that their players are back, make sure they're fit? You know, in France, if PSG have got a game in the Champions League on Wednesday, Wednesday coming, they will move their game to Friday. They'll do the same in Portugal. They'll do this, the same in Italy, in Germany, you know, every single country. So why why don't the Premier League look after their clubs? It's, it's not the first time we've had this conversation. Definitely won't be the last. I remember there's been instances in the last five or six years where Liverpool have been in quarters or semis and their game wasn't moved and they've complained about it and Klopp's complained about it. Pep's had a similar issue it's the FA, man. Like you said, that they just don't care. The Premier League is too much of a moneymaker. There's too many TV rights and too much TV money for them to start rescheduling everything every five minutes. And that's it. That's all they care about. That Again, this isn't the first time this has happened. Like, even going far back, and I don't want to keep bringing this back to United, going back to the year we won the treble, why did we drop out of the FA Cup and play the Club World Championship? There was only, like, one fixture that was, like, remotely clashing and we asked for like a few yeah, days and, and one game and the same yeah. thing happened to liverpool they yeah, ended up having two league. games yeah. in two yeah, days yeah. Oh, yeah, of course yeah like last year and liverpool have had to put out literally literally play their kids in a league cup game because the fa just yeah sod it like, have li- yeah but like they've already they've already sold their tickets they've already made their money like they just it's got don't for two care. reasons though. I mean, obviously, one we've stated, other leagues need the Champions League. PSG doing well in the Champions League reflects on Liga. The Premier League doesn't need the Champions League. It's an independent league, it's a moneymaker. But is there also the problem? I'm just this just throwing this out there. The fixtures and schedule, TV schedule, have been done far in advance. They've got the increased pressure of this fixture congestion. Champions League's broadcast on BT Sport. Scott, um, these half 12 kickoffs as broadcast on Sky Sports. Two rival companies fighting mm. for m- money marketing in football. If they move the Manchester United Everton game, how would that affect Sky? Because Sky wouldn't have any half 12 game. Is that why they've had to keep it there? Are they restricted no. by oh, the broadcast what? TV deals? They, they do no, look can, into these sort of things, but the, the reason why it winds me up as well, actually, because I'm going off the back of what you just said there, Ed, right? Um, BT are going through a thing. They're doing a thing at the moment. I don't know if they've still got it going on, but they started it only a couple of months ago where you can technically tailor your package. So you can have it this month. Yeah, so you can have it this month, and 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 then next month you can cancel. You can put it on pause, so to speak, and then in um, in January you can you can download it again. You can have it back on your thing. Now, how do you know what fixtures are going on? They plan it well in advance, don't they? Well, no, they don't because I know I know it's only a championship game, but Forest versus Huddersfield, right in September it was. 
they that game was down for a Saturday Saturday afternoon, normal three o'clock kickoff. Nine days before that game, they moved it to the Friday instead for TV TV coverage. So they can move it around whenever they want. They they they've got the they advertised this weeks in advance. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, but when all the fixtures when they first come out, they're all three o'clock kickoff, aren't they? Yeah, hold on. Today's 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 City Liverpool today's City Liverpool game was only scheduled and rescheduled for the Sunday half whatever it was today, about ten days ago. Ten days ago, it was still down as three o'clock. It's down Saturday, three o'clock. So, and also when the draw is done for the Champions League or that sort of stuff, when they put the fixtures in. Fixtures then get moved around for that. They do. That's that's the reason why they're able to say to PSG or to Juve or to Shakhtar Donetsk, right, we're going to move your game to, to Sunday. Is that all right? You know, mm. and then you've got, you've got, you can turn around and say like, yeah, that's right. Or, hey, look, FA, can we, can we move this to Monday? Because not being funny, we're traveling, this, that and the other. But you, you do that as soon as your fixtures have been made. As soon as that draw has been made for the Champions League, Europa League, whatever, you then know what your six game weeks are. You've got that well in advance. You've got that between now and Christmas. And at the moment, there are going to be games in uh, in February, March, April that are currently set for Saturday afternoon, three o'clock. And of all the clubs that qualify for the next, for the, for the knockout stages of the Euro, uh, of the European competitions, they will then get moved once they once they know what their knockout games are. So because of that, you won't kick off at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. So I don't understand why the FA, why England in particular, do not look after their after their own. And fixer congestion on that as well. Italy, they've got 20 teams in their league. They have a winter break. Germany, fair enough, they've got 18 teams, so they play less games. But there's other t there's other leagues in in Europe that have um that have 20 teams in their in their league but they're still able to have a winter break and they're still able to fulfill their fixtures but they don't play and they don't play midweek so i don't know it's, it is what it is, isn't it? It is what it is. But I think, um, I, think we, I think we can agree that we think the reason mainly is the money and the advertising and tv deals really yeah, it's it's got to be right. Um, let's let's move on. Let's talk about what's been happening in the Premier League again. Um, should we get some crap games out of the way first? Go on then. Let's, let's get some crap games out of the way. Um, Brighton nil, Burnley nil. I thought you said fifteen crap pound games. that. Fifteen quid. Fifteen quid that. To watch to watch Danny, Danny Welbeck. Oh my god, he was tragic, man. It, it, do you know what? Yeah, it's actually really it's really sad to see how how like low he's gone and how, how much his career is yeah it's it's awful and it's not just because he's playing for Brighton it, like when he came on he he was he was awful like he wasn't it, wasting chances no good first he touch had he was, something was, in his locker though I mean he's he's still danced around in the top fly and he did score that absolute worldie for Watford um, you know he's still got something in his locker perhaps he's just so low on confidence he just can't seem to find any form I forget that he's 30 as well yeah, I'm Yeah. Oh, of course he must be because he was young. About yeah, as you said, ten years ago. Yeah, he's got something in his locker still for the championship, but that's about it. And that's about as much as we've got from that game. That is literally it. <laughs> oh, sorry, I lie. I lie. He's 29. He's not 30 for another oh, 18 days. Oh, for 18 days. 
17 days for Christ alive. So that's enough of that game because that, that was, oh, what a, what, yeah, that game is, yeah. Anyway, um, right. Uh, yeah, this game. Yeah, go on in. Um, West Ham won for oh, Can't take this one away, please. Yeah, Phil, you boots, oh, kid. Woo. Yeah, on, oh, what, a, what, what a game. Because this was 15 quid as well. Um, <laughs> We're just going to talk so, about the 15 quid games for a bit. So here we yeah, go. Yeah, so I was watching this. I uh, had ulterior motives why I wanted West Ham to win for once. Um, not that I usually like them. They, they came flying out the blocks, to be fair. Ariola was forced to make four or five good saves in the first 20 minutes. West Ham were all over it. Then the game kind of got a bit bitty and there was not much really going on. Uh, it was quite end-to-end. No real quality until pff, it was 92nd minute. Ben Harama had been on for about five minutes. Now, this is where we had this conversation the other day. And obviously, with the Arsenal goal, with um, Barkley being offside, the, the, the West Ham goal... Scott Parker was furious, and I could see why, because we had this conversation the other week, me and you, Gav. So the cross has come in. Haller is miles offside. Mm. Kind of makes a, not even a half-assed effort to jump for it. He kind of just like... Uh. But the defender still has to jump to clear the ball because he's not to know. So your man yes. jumps up, your man jumps up, heads the ball, and he thinks he's offside. So he, he nods it down to the ground, and they all put their hands up. Ball yeah. lands to Ben Harama. Passes the ball off. Sochek scores 92nd minute. Now, they vowed it, saw that he was offside, and they still haven't got him interfering with play, even though he's made the defender react and get involved in the game. So he's interfering. So that wasn't even that. So 92nd minute, I thought, right, cha-ching, here we go. 94th minute, it was four added on, or was it five added on? No, it was four added on. Uh, Fulham corner, Ariola's gone up to make a tit of himself. Um, hey! Ariola's gone up. Uh, it's pinged around. It's gone out for another corner. He's stayed there. The ball's come back in the box. Tom Kearney dancing around and Ben Harama's just clipped him. Um, so it look, it's a penalty. It's a soft one. So it's taken to the 98th minute to get their penalty in the, in the 94th, in the in four added minutes. And uh, Lookman goes over, picks the ball up, takes it off. Well, not takes off Mitch Rich, but he's like, look, I'm taking it. And Kearney's talking to Mitch Rich and being like, look, he's, he's, the, he's the designated penalty taker. So I'm thinking, right. Why not, is the question, first of all? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking that to be with, but I'm thinking, right, 98th minute, fair enough. This, this boy's got confidence. He's going to stick this top bins. To be fair, Mitro has missed a couple of penalties. Of like, oh, no, he's he, he, Mitch Rich missed, three, missed, is, missed the last penalty, yeah. So uh, Lookman steps up, he's running up to the ball, and I'm thinking, oh, man, I should have cashed out. Well, Lookman should have cashed out because uh, what is going through his brain? It's the 98th minute. Your club is desperate in need of points. You've stepped up to take this penalty off of senior players and players that are good with set pieces. And he has attempted the softest, most telegraphed Penenka in the history of world football. Fabianski is practically sat down when he saves it. It's, yeah. it's that bad. And it it's is literally like... What have do you know what? Yeah, I am fair play to Scott Parker because he he did dig Lookman out after the game. If that was me, yeah, at that final whistle, I'd have been I'd have been on that pitch and I'd have got him. I'd have, players would have had to hold me back. I'd have gone for him. <laughs> honestly, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have turned into Roy Keane. I'd have grabbed him by the scruff I of the knew neck. You were say that. Or, or, or not even not even even if it weren't on the pitch in in that in that dressing room. I'm telling you now, there is 
boots are getting kicked in people's faces. Like I'm absolutely going off if, if my player decides to do that. Not yet. Top of the league, three 0 up. If but you're Fulham, every point no. is yeah. so vital. Like I don't care if it's top of the league or not. I don't want to see that. No, if you're 3-0 up and this goal's just for banter, but when you, this is a goal that's going to equalise, give you a point away from home, and let's be honest, you only got your first win. You got your first win against relegation rivals West Brom. You're in no position to start giving it flicks. It was it was horrendous. It wasn't even oh, just a Penenko. It was such a soft... It was so no, tough. It doesn't qualify. It doesn't qualify. He literally stopped before he chipped it. And like, like I said, Fabianski's basically lying down and just goes... Well, Oh, poor guy. My thoughts are with him today. Do not like it at all. Um, what are we going to talk about? Um, it was 15 quid, game. that as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was 15 quid. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. So, the next 15 quid game um, is this one. Um, West Brom 0, Tottenham 1. Oh, this, this, this easily one. qualifies as a crap game as well. Let's be honest. Yeah. It, there was, yeah, like, really Harry Kane rescues it at the end, but... Tottenham were not at their sharpshooting form today. What do you think? There was it's the hardest game no... to watch this weekend, I yeah, think. And the reason no why point... I say that is because the Friday night game, I actually quite liked Burnley's away kit, which made it, which, <laughs> made, which, made, it, which, which, which made it slightly easier I to like watch. Tottenham's kit. No, yeah, I, I like, like their green away kit. I like their green away kit. I no, really I like do. The yellow I, badge. Not... I like the yellow and the badge in the middle. It's quite nice. Well, yeah. let's just say, right, the away kit was the only bit of quality in that game up until the goal. Uh, it's, it's a great ball in. It's a, it's a wonderful flick header from Kane. We know even when they're not playing well, he's going to pop up. He's going to score. But there were some performances in that game that if you're a Tottenham fan, like, honestly, Sissoko must have nudes of every manager that has ever been at that club. Like, he is... Him and possibly Pickford. The most, yeah, Sissoko. Yeah, Sissoko and Pickford are, are probably the two players in the Premier League. I can't believe they keep starting for their teams or playing for their teams. I, I can't literally can't see what he offers to that club. Absolute dross, man. Mm. Harry um, Kane scored his 150th goal. Yes, yeah, that's, that's yeah, mega. That's mega. But, but it's mad because he's Michael Owen. It, it's, it's also man, it's, it's only a one-season wonder as well, isn't he? Only Shearer's yeah. got 250 goals quicker than Harry Kane. Harry Kane is 27, I believe. Yeah. Ooh, Harry oh, Kane careful. will def- definitely surpass Wayne Rooney. He will definitely be, be the what second about him. No, I'm not. I, I said this from the start. If anyone's <laughs> going to beat Shearer's record, it's going to be Harry Kane. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Sorry, that, that took me ages to cut. To yeah, I was going to say, be, be careful. Don't, 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 don't say how old he is. Don't say anything about him because you could get sued and people will call for you to resign from your jobs and stuff. So yeah. just be careful that, what you say that, about Harry yeah. Kane. I'm not going to call him Barry Kane, so that's probably going to get me to say. Barry Kane. Yeah. Um, right. So what else? What else do we have to pay for this weekend? Um, that was, was it, it. I think those those were the yeah, games. Palace Leeds. Do we have to pay for that? No, no, no that was free. You carry on. Good. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Palace Leeds was good watching for free, man. It was a nice game to watch. That was. Palace Leeds. Now we mm. we. we We've got issues on this game, but we also have wonderful things to say. The goals came from from Scott Dan, a British ESA, lovely free kick, cost her own goal, and um, IU um, also bagged um, the, the, the four goals for Crystal Palace. But the one goal came from our good old pal, Patrick Bamford, but he should have had another one. Yeah, I was I was running oh. VAR that game. I was running VAR that game. That's my that's my suspect draw at lines. Yeah, exactly. That was me. <laughs> 
He's put his arm out to signal the run. And is being called offside for the. Now, I Gav, don't. I don't. I don't think. Gav, I don't think that it was the top of his shirt. shirt. Do you want? I was going to say. Do you want me to completely lower, like harsh, harsh your mellow and lower your buzz? Like I'm going to be real boring. Yeah, that's a part of the body that this season is deemed scorable, and that is what I, is passed. I, I, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think it is. It is. It is. It's literally there, man. And I, I hate to be boring and pedantic, but the the offsides with VAR is the only one thing that we can do mathematically, pretty much. And it's boring and it's whatever. But like we were saying earlier about the consistency, like my, you could even see my eye roll. Then, I, as much as I'd rather not give Leeds a goal, but it's literally it, those we don't want any more patch of Bamford goals anyway. Yeah, you know, exactly. If, if, he, if he's a millimeter offside or he's ten yards offside, he's offside. Like it's, okay, it's so awful. I mean, like, I, I, say, I, just look, I, I, I know what you mean. mean the Mane was a couple of weeks ago, though. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think you're right about consistency. So when we start talking about handballs, I'm not happy about. I'm happy mm. to be consistent with them results and go. Sorry, tough one, penalty. But yeah, with yeah. that one, you just look at it and go. The technology is not there. This is all perspective because they can't the technology can't even um, get yeah, it right so, as to when the ball actually left the boot yeah it's hundreds or of left, left, the left, left yeah i don't think it, i would have had the mineral to call that one off sat I, I, there in the var room i don't think i'd have the bottle to say that one's offside i'm surprised the they that, did the fact that that referee i don't know who it was in the in in the in the var room that day i'll double check but stephen card yeah, it was. To have that, then I think those balls should be topped off, man. I'm not having can that. Go, I don't. I don't I buy say, it. I will just say, Bamford's second goal was a real nice finish as well. Yeah, yeah, it was crispy, yeah. crispy, funny. Can we just before we move on? Uh, uh, I was like before, anyway. We need a compilation of all these videos and everything from day one of, of what's about happened. Bamford. Honestly, about no, just, it the original thing, every goal, us getting slightly nervous. It's like it's a good we'll do a whole season thing. But um, yeah, uh, well, like, Eze, goal, that free kick, oh my lord! Is it that it, beautifully, Eni? It made me thicken up. Trust me, like off the bar, top, like it's like top bins, keepers out straight. Can I just say one thing though? Is how old is the Leeds goalkeeper? Is he fourteen years old? Yeah, he's, he's literally turned eleven last week. He's like five Still foot three. Hey, there's nothing wrong with being five foot three, right? He's five foot three, but he's built like a Playmobil man. Like, he just looks like he wouldn't reach the top corner of of the shelf in the supermarket. Like, let alone the goal. Like, everything that went past him, he just seemed miles away from every shot. He looked shaky in the living room. In truth, he did. He did. He's twenty years old, and this is what this is what I'm saying. Oh, right. I don't believe this. Right. I'm looking online to find out how tall Ilan Melier is. And they're trying to tell me that he's six. If foot it starts six. with a six, no. <laughs> if he's six foot six, I swear to God, bruv. I am. I'm about six five. What does that make you? <laughs> I'm about six five, mate. No, hold on. I'm not having that. Honestly, that's, that's so, what they reckon. Like, before before we move on, me. though, like, who was surprised by this result? Because I wasn't. Because Crystal Palace perfectly suit Leeds United style of football. That's why Palace oh, always do well against Liverpool because they just man. hit them on the break. I, I, I did not have this result because Palace never score more than one goal in a game. Yeah, they definitely do because I. Uh... So this, this, and the fact that um, 
yeah, you know, the fact that they're able to bring on, like, <laughs> bring on Benteke for Bance, you know, that's... You say it like he's a threat. Benteke's been out of the races for years. Well, Six foot five inches, he is. And I don't believe... I don't believe what a single digit of that. Finish there. Come on. Uh, well, about thirty yeah. seconds. About thirty seconds ago, Gav, I was shut. I don't know. I don't know. You lot. You lot went. No, I went there. Yeah, he's six foot five. No, he's not. It must just be because of how skinny he is. He looks like Kepa. Like, there's no way he's six foot five. All right, let's not get so emotional. You know. Oh. <laughs> well, we're, 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 we're too invested into this, so we. Well, I'm still taller than him, so I win. Ha! He's winning at life. He's winning at yeah, life. Take that. Well, Take not that privilege. <laughs> that uh, another game that Leeds another game that ended four one. <laughs> that was uh, that was Chelsea versus Sheffield United. Um, Sheffield United are going down. We all know this anyway. No, Tammy Abraham, Ben Chilwell, We are not. Sheffield United are staying up. You heard it here first, Ed Hall. Chelsea you are can... finding some good form. They look like they're slowly learning how each other plays. The new boys are getting used to the old boys. I tell you what, Chelsea, pro- probably not this year. I think they'll get top four. Next year, they've got a challenge for the title. Two things. Yeah, I think they're for a shot for a challenge for the title. I think they are yeah. this season. No, I, think, two, I think based on the way it started, they have to be. But I think as it goes on, they won't. Two things, though, Ed. Uh, outside, once we're done with this, I want to make a friendly wager with you about Sheffield United staying up. Second of all, the over the, the overrunning theme in this game was Hakim Ziyech and how good he was. Now, if you're one of those people, and I don't mean to sound like this isn't like it sounds elitist. If you if you're one of those people that only watches the Premier League and you don't watch the Champions League or you, you don't watch European football, this might be a surprise to you that Hakim Ziyech is a baller and he's got a wand of a left foot. If you've been watching European football for the last two years, you wouldn't be surprised that this guy is an absolute freak. Yeah, honestly, he's passing every single pass in this game. The assist that should have been the assist was the one for Werner that uh, he hit the post with a lob. And Ziyech is like spun on a dime and done some no look 50 yard in behind through ball to Werner. It was just an absolute joke. Thiago Silva scored because. Ziyech's delivery is that wicked and that fast that it doesn't matter who's on the end of it. It's, it was literally a, as good as a goal itself. The assist was that good. But yeah, Ziyech looks absolute quality, man. Yeah, big, big, big fan of, uh, of Ziyech anyway. I'm not being funny once again. Like if you, well, I don't, I don't want to sound like the elitist sort of guy either alongside Cotton, but what it yeah, is, if you, I'm going to, it's one of those. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I'm not this, but, and that's <laughs> exactly yeah, what exactly. I am. But uh, even even the, the not last season, the season before in the Champions League, you know, he was just unplayable. I'm surprised he didn't go anywhere last season. You know, he's special. And well, he signed for Chelsea like, a year in advance, didn't he? I thought it was all speculation. I didn't know whether no, it was he, no, he no, signed, no, signed, he signed it, yeah. well in advance. He was just um, still at Ajax. Ah, he know, was injured for the last stages of his career at um, Ajax, so people forgot about him. Yeah, I, I, I think I think he's a boss, mate. I absolutely love it. Um, but 
That is that game and the final game we'll talk about is a team that were top of the league for a very short amount of time. And that is Southampton. Southampton 2, Newcastle 0. Uh, Che Adams, uh, he... he oh, sorry, put him in my fantasy team, just throwing that one out there. Good player, good player. And I'll tell you another... I'll tell you he's a bloody good player. Scott Armstrong, man. Very, very, very good player. I don't think he gets a lot of... Um, he doesn't get the plaudits because... Maybe because he's British, really. You know, if it was like armstrong Eni. He would he would get a lot a lot of praise, but he does all the stuff right, all the good stuff, all the simple stuff. He's very skillful as well, quick. You know, he's got a decent decent um, you know um, line of gravity. He can shoot left peg, right peg. I thought he had a I thought he had a really good game. Sorry, that proper threw me then. I didn't because when you said Scott Armstrong, I was gonna say I'm sure it's Stuart Armstrong because he's Stuart the guy Armstrong, that you, sorry, my bad. Yeah, he's because he's the baller. Like I remember because I used to have this weird, weird obsession with Dundee. And I loved um I loved Johnny Russell, David Templeton. David uh, Templeton, what FM legend? Gary Mackay Stephen, and it was Stuart Armstrong was there for a bit as well. And he, Celtic brought him because he was so highly rated um, as a Scottish youngster. And he's such a baller, man. Like, he's getting on a bit now. He is 28. But yeah, he's he's so smooth on the ball. Even the way he took that, the way he took his goal, it was proper twinkle toes to get to get around the defence and, and he slot does. it in. He does this so often. That's the thing. He gets slept on a lot. But you're right, he's 28. So he's got maybe one move, if that. But it's, you know, Southampton are a good side. One player who I thought was really impressive was Theo Walcott playing through the middle. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. Theo Walcott looking sharp playing through the middle. Um, must want a new contract. He must want to sign a ting. And um, what do you think, Ed? Oh, I love Southampton. I mean, I've been a big advocate <laughs> for this team for the last two years. I, yeah. I, I think they've got a cracky manager. I'm glad they stuck by him. They don't need Danny Ings. You know, they're still the greatest team in the land. Um, no, but all jokes aside, um, <laughs> Southampton have made smart signings. Trey Adams. Things for Trey Adams. He's been scoring goals alongside Danny Ings. And this was the, the one opportunity where he was the sole man and he took it. Theo Walcott, I was surprised by the signing because I thought Ryan Bertrand wasn't... You know, I mean, I, I didn't think you were getting that much of a difference in quality where Walcott sat in his career. But so oh, yeah, age they buy players yeah. who suit the system, and these yeah. players do suit the system. And Southampton, I tell you what, they might shock some people with where they end up in the table. They're fourth currently, one point behind Liverpool, two points off top. But they deserve to be there. Sorry, could I'll just tell you their last five? Uh, their last five games, they've won four, drew one. Yeah, yeah, they deserve to be where they are. And this is the thing. And we said it, we said it loads of times um, since the season started and towards the end, uh, you know, when after after the restart about the difference between Southampton and Leicester. And we we will never forget the fact that Leicester did hammer them 9-0 despite them playing against 10 men for, for 80, um, 88 Doesn't matter. minutes. Doesn't matter. We won't talk about that bit. But the, Southampton picked up more points than Leicester did last season after that fixture and not just that as well Southampton have picked up more points than anyone else in the Premier League in 2020 um, except from Liverpool and Man City 
They're Jesus. third in the. In, they're third in. in Believe the in the project. There's a lot of good projects going on in the Premier League right now. You could point at many clubs: Leicester, Southampton, Wolves. Bit of a blip, but still, um, you know, there's some great teams. There's some great teams being built, and outside the top six, there is a ton of good teams. Southampton are one of them. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Um, that brings um, that brings us um, to to an end uh, for today. Let's um. No. Even... <laughs> no, we come. I was trying not to sing, Ed. When uh, when you uh, you said uh, about Che Adams being a being a soul man, I was just like, dun, 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 dun. I was like, don't interrupt his train of thought, for God's sake. <laughs> Fantastic, man. Oh, my God. Um, but um, what have we got this week? What have we got this week? Right, so we're, we're on tomorrow. Um, tomorrow being Monday, Monday the 9th of uh, November. November. Uh, and, um, <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know what month it is. Mate, since I've had a kid, I don't know what day of the week no, it is. He's going to be playing that card when she's 18. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I've, I've kids. You'd be able to play it as well. Um, but, um, yeah, so I'm going to be on with Stephen Burke, obviously part of Two at Top. And we're going to be joined by Dev Badgwa, who wrote the best-selling book. There it is on the screen. There it is, A Football Spider Web. What a great book that is. Make sure you get that from uh, Amazon. It's available right now. I think it's on sale as well. I actually texted um, Dev. I was wound up. I'm asking for a mini refund. Uh, I'm going to try and get one oh, for you Oh, I got well. one. He sent me one. Yeah, I want my like one pound forty. You no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> fight him. Um, and then uh, we're also joined by Sava, um, Richard Sava, formerly of a Spursy podcast, to talk about football and mental health within sport in lockdown. Um, Wednesday, we're back with the Bundesliga show, uh, game day six, seven, game day seven. Don't know game what, day don't seven know what day is. Game day seven. That's going to be interesting as well. Lots of great fixtures that happen this weekend, including a few derbies and a few um, grudge matches. Thursday, five midfield. And I've got to ask a question, boys. Are we going to do a watch along for England this week? Yeah, we're going to do a watch along for England, but me and Ed are going to do one for Serbia, Scotland for the playoffs. Oh, that's a bit tasty. Yeah. Uh, Would you be interested in that? Yeah, let's get involved. Yeah, I think we could get a lot of people talking with that. Yes, I think we will do an England game because as much as it always lets us down, kind of become a mockery on the channel it's kind of become a it's actually like the spook, we end up it? having a good laugh curse, yeah. but not because of the football game and england iceland was quite entertaining i guess mm. um, um but um you can subscribe to our youtube channel www.youtube.com forward slash two of top football you can find us on uh, facebook instagram twitter spotify apple music google play nice face Caster, um, what's the mind? Cabo Hotel, Cabo Hotel, <laughs> MSM Messenger, Club Penguin, uh, you know, <laughs> Minecraft. You can Minecraft. find us on all of that. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm just reading them all. When that techno band? When that German techno band from the eighties? <laughs> well, Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought they were called Minecamp. Oh, I shouldn't say that. Anyway, uh, but uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, so glad you can't see my face right now. And but, that's um, another world. Uh, that's another best-selling book from, from the author. <laughs> <laughs> Christ! But did you know, if you put yeah, to top into go Google, if you put to top into Google, our name comes at first. Brilliant stuff. Thank you everybody for watching and contributing. Thank and you. from Gav Mac, from Ed Hall, from Stephen Cotton. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you.